0: Say it with me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same, never, 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 in Jesus' name, amen, God bless you, hallelujah. We welcome people joining us on Facebook Live from around the world, we welcome you in Jesus' name. We are praying for many of you by name, we thank God for our friendships Praying for you, especially in India, when you're locked down, very, very difficult situations. We know that, and we're standing with you in Jesus' name. Uh, Some in West Africa, uh, Pastor uh, uh, Livingstone, your son with malaria, we believe healing in the name of Jesus. This little boy will recover quickly in Jesus' name. Uh, It's just good, folks, to know God is moving around the world. Amen? He's moving around the world by His Spirit. I thought of a title today, of course, it's the 4th of July weekend, Uh, Liberation and Transformation. You know, Jesus came to set us free, Amen? amen? And we celebrate that, of course, by partaking of the Lord's table today, having communion together, we're celebrating that. But we want to have liberation and transformation go together, because they're not automatic. In other words, a person could be saved, a person can pray a prayer, a life prayer, Uh, give their life to Jesus, and so forth, and yet live pretty worldly. So so we want to be set free from our sins, liberated, but then we want to be transformed to be like Jesus. It's a big difference. In World War II, we liberated Germany and Japan. And then both of those countries were transformed from what they once were, to new nations, progressive nations, in very, very good ways. Okay, so they were liberated, then they were transformed. During the Gulf War, we liberated a nation called Iraq. We liberated the nation, but it was never transformed. It stayed in its mess. It stayed in in, uh, in just to this day, you know, where there's lawlessness and so forth. So it was never transformed. Liberated from a dictator but not transformed. So there's a big difference. So we want to be transformed. Amen. We want to be liberated. And then transformation is a process. So we can be forgiven of sins. You can come and pray a prayer, be forgiven your sins. Boom. You're forgiven. Hallelujah. But then you got to be transformed into what? Into the image of Jesus Christ. That's a process. That's a lifelong process. Now I'm going to read first in the book of Luke chapter four. Uh, you can have Old Testament thinking or New Testament thinking. Jesus quotes a reference here from Isaiah 61. He goes to the temple, and he quotes a reference from Isaiah 61, Old Testament verse that says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and the recovery of the sight of the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. So he quotes an Old Testament verse, and then he clarifies it in verse 21 and says, This day the scripture is fulfilled in your ears. So the difference now, folks, we we can learn things from the Old Testament, but we're living in the New Testament. Amen? Amen? So so in other words, you don't have to be brokenhearted anymore. You don't have to be held captive by anything. You don't have to be held captive by an old habit or some past experience, or something like that. You don't have to have a victim mentality. You can have a victorious mentality. All difference because we live in the New Testament now. We're not waiting for God to do something. We're celebrating what He's already done. All right? We're, We're celebrating what He's done. We can be free from our past hurts. Just just based on this, Jesus said this scripture is already fulfilled now because of his life, because of his ministry, all right? So he's anointed me. He's, he's healed the brokenhearted. He brings deliverance to the captives and so forth. He sets at liberty, people. Now, every one of us in this room has been bruised in one way or another by the world, all right? The world, ungodliness, all right, lost and so forth. But, but that doesn't mean we have to stay bruised, right? We can go on now in our lives, take whatever, whatever's in the past, but turn it around and go for what Jesus has for you today. In other words, in other words, your future is not determined by your past. Lots of times people are looking, they say, well, I can't because of this. And they go back to their past. Your future isn't determined by your past. Your future is determined because of the proclamation of the word of God. That Christ has set us free. We've all had bad experiences in one way or another. See, look at Donna. Donna, 90 years, but you're not focusing on maybe a setback here or there. You're focusing on what Christ has done. And here she is, still praising the Lord at 90 years old. Still in love with Jesus. Still a happy Christian. Hallelujah. (laughs) Yesterday, write this down, yesterday ended last night. Yesterday ended last night. So in other words, your future is in front of you. So you want to be liberated and then you want to be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. Don't hold on to defeats. Don't hold on to setbacks. Don't hold on to any of those things. <clears throat> Many things in the Bible, if we, understand, if we understand the new, it makes the old very clear. Let's read this scripture. This isn't in the thing, Jennifer, but let's take your Bible. You got your Bible. Open it up. First Corinthians two. When you get there, say amen. First Corinthians two. First Corinthians two follows the book of Romans. Amen. Okay. First Corinthians two nine. So what he does, Paul quotes Isaiah. All right. We've all heard this, right? First uh, Corinthians 2 9. Eye is not seen, neither is, in it, nor is ear heard. It hasn't entered the heart of man. The things which God has prepared for them that love him. Old Testament. Yeah. So we take things. Now, if we live in the Old Testament, then we're still waiting for God to do something. If we're living in the New Testament, we recognize that He's already done it. Big difference. Much of the body of Christ, they're praying for God to do things. And he said, I've already done it so that you can walk in the victory. I've liberated you. Now, if you if you be transformed, you'll see what I've done. So to understand this, then like Jesus did in, in Luke four, he said today, this is fulfilled in your ears. All right. Sets the captives free and 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 uh, heals the brokenhearted, and so forth. The very next verse in verse 10, he says, now this Old Testament was before that. Now he says, but, but means that there's a change. We've just transferred from the Old Testament to the New Testament. So the things that before we hadn't even thought of, hadn't seen, haven't entered in our heart, none of those things that God has prepared for us, now God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. Verse 10. Amen. So now you see, you see the New Testament transfer here. See, this is quoted all the time, Christian radio and all the God. We don't know God; we haven't seen, and it's all because they haven't read the Bible. So if we read the Bible, we understand. Yeah, Old Testament Isaiah, New Testament now 1 Corinthians two, and Paul has a revelation and says, "Oh no, but New Testament now, God has revealed to them the things we haven't seen, heard, thought of. None of those things hadn't hadn't known." But God's revealed them to us by His Spirit. Amen? Amen. So it's a big difference. See, now we're in the New Testament. Now we have this understanding that, wow, Lord, now I can see the things you've pre- you got prepared for me. Amen. Holy Spirit gives, God gives us the Holy Spirit, who's a teacher and a helper. So He gives us the Holy Spirit so we learn things now that are already ours. So, I'm not a Christian then walking around like this. Well, we don't know what God wants to do. No, I'm a Christian like this, knowing and seeing Jesus. Hey, keep your... Well, let's go go to the book of Hebrews a second. All right, let's go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 1. So, when you get to Hebrews, chapter 1, say amen. Find it in your Bible, New Testament, all right. Hebrews, chapter 1. Now this is important, Old Testament to New Testament. So God, verse verse one, Hebrews one, verse one. Can you say amen? amen? Okay. God in the sundry times, in times past. So in various manners, He spoke to us by unto the unto the fathers. He spoke to our fathers by the prophets, Old Testament. Right? Okay. He spoke to. He spoke. To, to God, God spoke to his people by the prophets. In the Old Testament, God would take his spirit and anoint individuals like Elijah or Elisha or Moses or different leaders, David. He would anoint people by his spirit and then he would speak to his people. Old Testament. The next verse there says, now in these last days, transition. All right. Transition old to new in these last days, God has spoken unto us by his son. So now today God speaks when he, when he say by His son, we're saying by Jesus, the new covenant. Let's just say the new Testament. That's why we want you to be in the Bible, right? That's why we want you to read the Bible, especially new Testament. But that's why we want you to read it. Why? Because this is how he's speaking to us. So when I hear a prophecy that's negative, judgmental, or, you know, God's going to judge, you know, reactionary prophecies. Okay, something happens and God's going to judge America and so forth. I know, right? I throw it out. You know why? Old Testament. In these last days, he spoke to us by his son, Jesus Christ. What did Jesus do? Jesus came and died for every man, woman, and child on this planet. So he loves everybody. He gave his life for everybody. New Testament. And yet, of course, a lot of them aren't living for him yet. But the fact is, he still paid for their sins so that if they repent, they can be born again. Come into heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. See, we serve a God who's so good and loves us so much. So he spoke to us in these last days. Now, when do the last days start? With Jesus. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The day of Pentecost. The Bible says in the last days, that's when it began. If that's the last days, we know his return is really, really close. And so we want to have our hearts tuned to him to be lights for him in this world. To, to, for what purpose? To reach people. Right? Right? God would never want to take us out of here. He wants to use us while we're here. Right? He doesn't want to kill his people. He wants to use his people. He doesn't want to pull us out of the earth. He wants to use us in this earth. That we can reach more people. Amen. So, in the last days, he's spoken unto us by his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And you can hear all kinds of proclamations, folks. I mean, goodness, with the coronavirus, you have all these proclamations of what's going to happen and so forth, like that. Not one of them was right. We, we follow a lot of people. There not one prophecy is right. None. And what should it say? They should say, go back to your Bible. Amen. Incidentally, Let's just be honest here. If you talk about spirit-filled things, and, and God does speak prophetically and so forth, but if you miss it, we should say, hey, I missed it. Right? We should say, say I, I apologize. A lot of people can say things, folks, that aren't pastors. If you're a pastor and you pastor in a church, you're, you're around people all the time. So in other words, if you say something, you say something today and you say next Sunday, this is going to happen. It doesn't happen. People are going to say, hey, it didn't happen. Why didn't it happen? You're right there. Accountability. But you have a lot of people with no accountability. They're just kind of like all the wild cowboys out here doing their thing and so forth and shooting off a prophecy. No accountability. And nobody, nobody then can say to their face, you're wrong. You're wrong. Isn't that right? See, we have to we have to if the church is going to have credibility, you have to have honesty. You have to have accountability. So if the church in the world today is going to be credible, then we have to be honest people. The world's smart enough to know, boy, that's a joker. He talks all the time. None of us right. They're smart. All over the world, you have people prophesying, doing things, and so forth. A lot of times, puts people in fear and bondage. It's not of God. Amen. I love praying in the Spirit, love praying in tongues, but I'm just going to be honest: not of God. All right. When people say things, then I'm going to look at it. Follow what I'm saying? Kind of like like Pastor Randon and I talking in the office, and there was a notable ministry in the United States, and. They were trying their prophetic, powerful prophetic meetings and so forth. And then this lady got up and said, we took authority. We prophesied. So we we threw Ebola out of Ghana. I said, I turned to Jeannie. I said, Ebola was never in Ghana. She's saying something. And people are cheering and shouting. She's saying something that wasn't true. Ebola never went into Ghana. How do we know that? Because we know Ghanians. So she just lied. Hey, we're pretty honest. Right? Amen? Can we be honest about this? I'm going to be honest with people online. Some of your prophecies overseas that put you in bondage, I'd throw them away. Any bondage that puts you in fear or anything. Any prophecy that makes you, that hey, you have to give money, I'd throw it away. I'd throw it away. That's not Liberation. Folks, we have to be transformed to see things like Jesus sees them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, we, oh, never mind. we could go on. There's just so many things. It's kind of amazing. The things that happen. Amen? So, Jesus, John chapter 4. Jesus goes to the woman at the well. John chapter 4. He goes to the woman at the well. He talks to the woman. And she says, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask of me drink, which I'm a woman of Samaria. The Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Now there was a division. So, so the Jews didn't consider Samaritans part of them. And vice versa. All this started in the Old Testament. all right? So there's a division and there's animosity. So there's Discrimination. All right? One, she's she's a Samaritan and two, she's a woman. All right? And so so there's discrimination that abounded then, folks, there's discrimination that abounds today. That people look at different things in different ways and 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 uh, just just don't see it how God would see it. So Jesus ministers to the woman. Let's see let's see the next verse, verse 15 I think it is. And so Uh, she said, give me the water. And Jesus said, go call your husband. And she said, I don't have a husband. And Jesus, now this is a prophetic word. There are gifts of the Holy Spirit, like a word of knowledge, which this is, because he has knowledge from God about her without her telling him. And the purpose was to reach her heart. The purpose is not to condemn her or to hurt her. The purpose was to reach her heart. And Jesus says, Uh, she said, I don't have a husband. He says, yeah, I know you've had five husbands. That's pretty amazing. And then Jesus says, and he whom you have now is not your husband. So she shacked up with another guy. Not married yet, but she shacked up with another guy. So we don't know how many husbands she's had. But look at the next statement that it says in verse 19. The woman says, I perceive that you're a prophet. Now, interesting enough, in in other words, none of that came through harshness. None of it came to condemn. All of it came to bring life. Jesus always brings life. He never brings condemnation. He never brings fear. He never brings torment. Never. He always brings life. And he brought this, this lady's looking at him, and, and I'm sure looking into his eyes, thinking, wow. And now she leaves her pot. You know the story. She leaves her pot. So, so this lady, she has a lot of baggage. So I'm sure she faced social, you know, social discrimination because she's considered a loose woman. And she actually goes back to the town and she tells the men. That's who she hung around with. So she tells the man, you have to come and see this guy who told me everything about my life. The only thing is, see, she's liberated now, right? She's liberated her life you know, she's felt forgiveness. She's felt redeemed. And the men come following her out of the city. And that's where the verse comes in. Don't say four months and then the harvest. Look, the fields are ripe for the harvest now. So Jesus sitting on the hill and sees all these people coming up the hill. Amen. Remember the disciples, the disciples came back and they talked to Jesus and so forth. But they said, uh, uh, why is he talking to her? Because even themselves, I think we'd be shocked to think of what's inside of us sometimes as far as discriminating thoughts or prejudiced thoughts. See, the disciples were prejudiced against Samaritans, prejudiced many times in these days, prejudiced against women. And so to them, it was kind of like, hmm, I wonder why Jesus is talking to her, you know. See, they were they were downers. Write down the word prejudice a second. Write down prejudice. P R E J U D I C E. Prejudice. And prejudice means that you're prejudging. You're prejudging. Now people prejudge people, of course. People can prejudge food. Oh, I never eat that. Have you ever tried it? No. <laughs> People can prejudge a car. I'd never buy a car like that. Have you ever run one? No. You can prejudice anything. But the worst thing is when you prejudice people. You're prejudging people, a people group or somebody you don't know, somebody of a different race. Now, here's the definition. It's a preconceived opinion that is not based on reason or actual experience. When I grew up, I would have been prejudiced against Baptist because I grew up in a very reformed area and denominational church and so forth, and there was no, of course, Baptist or Pentecostal churches like that. And you heard about a Baptist church, and you're, whoa! I'd never do that. Then, of course, I get saved in college, and then I find myself filled with the Holy Ghost, and I find myself. Doing things I never thought I'd do. But they're all biblical. So so prejudice is is a thing that's not good. You don't want to prejudge someone. This woman goes back to town. Many of the Samaritans of that city. That city was Sychar. City in Samaria, Sychar. They believed on Jesus because of the saying of the woman. And now many of the Samaritans. These are men that followed These are men. So they believed on Jesus because of the woman. And the testimony was, he told me all that ever I did. Now, you'd think, you'd think well, that was all negative. But you've got to read into the story here, right? This is a liberated woman like, wow. He told me everything and I'm forgiven. Amen. He told me everything and offered me living water. Amen. He told me everything, but in given me new life. You've got to meet this man. And that's why they all came out of the city following the woman. Now, Jesus spent two days there, and then the men come to her and said, we believe, not just because you said it now, we've, we've heard him ourselves. We've tested it. We've, we've seen ourselves what this is like. I think the disciples, all along, Jesus was teaching them things like, you know, just his lifestyle was teaching him, don't, don't prejudge that situation. Don't prejudge that person. Amen? Just things that happen. Okay, let's, go, let's look at another story here a second. Luke chapter 9. So we go to another city of Samaria. And this is a different village, and Jesus was going to pass through. He's going to Jerusalem. He sent messengers in front. They entered the village of the Samaritans, preparing for Jesus. They did not receive Jesus because he's going to Jerusalem. He's a Jew. Now, of course, see, prejudice prejudices go all different directions, right? There's a two-way street here. Where people can look at someone and prejudge them to turn around to a right back, prejudge somebody else. So the Samaritans, to Jesus' disciples, prejudging them, like, look, no, we don't want anything to do with this. James and John, two notable disciples, if so people think, wow, John, beloved disciple. He's so good. Of course, he wanted to call down fire and burn up the whole village. He wanted to kill all of them. That was his heart. He was prejudiced. He prejudged a situation because if they didn't receive Jesus, he took that offense to himself and said, and what did he do? Shall we do it like Elijah did? Can we go back? Yeah, we have it there. So, so they, they said, they said, they said Shall we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? This is Elias. It's like Elijah did. He's quoting Old Testament, so it really sounds right, right? He's one of the disciples, whoo, right close to Jesus, one of the inner three circle, and he was wrong. He was 100% wrong. Now, folks, there's a lot of things that the Christians, you can't be so gullible. You know what most Christians do? They believe everything the pastor says, because the pastor has to be the closest thing to God. They believe everything the pastor says. Wrong. You can't go deal with situations in the name of the pastor. No. Amen. My name is nothing. There is only one name that is a name of power and authority. That is the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. We've cast out many demons. Yeah. They'll come out in the name of Jesus. Yeah. So you can't, you have to do what? Christians do what? They don't read their Bible. They, come, they go to church. If the pastor said that. It's got to be true. It's like someone came one time, and they were at our house, and they said, you know, Pastor, well, even if there was tongues, it's the least of the gifts. You know, it's the least of the gifts. That's right in the Bible. I said, Is it really? Is that right? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Well, can you find that for me? I gave him a Bible. I said, can you find that for me? Can you find that scripture for me? Oh, sure. Yeah, I'll find it right. It's got to be Corinthians. I'll find it, sure. He looked it over, and he was going through pages and pages and pages. Take your time. I'll get a cup of coffee. You Want another cup of coffee? I'll get you a cup of coffee. (laughs) Let him look. Let him look. Let him look. Pretty soon, he's sweating a little bit. I know it's in there. I said, take your time. You keep looking. Here's a concordance. Look at that, too. Of course, you won't find it because his pastor said that, but it's not a Scripture. So, if you believe just everything you hear, folks, everything you hear has to go through the book. Amen. Otherwise, you are susceptible to deception. Yes, so, Genie and Iron conferences, we hear a lot of people. I talked to you about people that prophesy. Folks, we know a lot of people, okay? We know a lot of people. We've had lunch with them, face to face with a lot of people. Name people in the United States. Amen. But I don't care what they tell me, it better go through the book. And if it doesn't, it's like, oh, that was a bone. And I'm going to throw it out. Not that they're not a Christian. Not that they're a nice person. doesn't make a false teacher. Just like you eat at your mom's house or whatever. You have chicken. You're going to have some bones. Mom, this is so good. Mm, bone over there. It's so good. You don't throw the plate at her. You know, you don't throw the chicken, the, the bones or things like that. You don't say, I'm not eating another bite. There's bones in it. No, no, you pick through the bones, right? If you get in your Bible, you can go through the bones. It helps you to know things, to know the truth. And Jesus said that the the truth shall set you free. You shall know the truth. But you're only as free as what you know. So there are many Christians, millions of Christians. Wonderful. But we can get freer when we know more of the truth. Isn't that right? That, that's why it just caused me to surrender. You, know? you want to lift your hands the Lord. Hallelujah. So anyway, the disciples, Jesus turned. Notice what G- Jesus rebuked James and John. John the Beloved rebuked. That's a real harsh word. And he said, you don't know what manner of spirit you're of. In other words, you are of a bad spirit that comes from bad teaching That gives you a prejudiced attitude to want to kill those people. Folks, it's just interesting that God loves people. In our world today, you have so much polarity, and many of the Christians are jumping on the same polarity bandwagon, and they want to do it in the name of politics. And you have people that want to challenge, you know, they're against against Democrats, and they're against the homosexuals, and they're against all these things. And i got news for you, he loves them all. Jesus loves everybody, including ruthless Republicans. (laughs) He loves everybody. And our lives here are here to be an example and a witness to this world. And you're never going to reach someone if inside your heart you have something without any experience or anything like that. You're prejudiced. God loves people. loves people of other religions. So when we meet someone who's a Hindu, maybe some Hindus are watching. Maybe somebody who's a Muslim. We know Jesus loves them. Jesus loves you. He cares for people of the world. He doesn't want us to stay always in the place we're at, but he loves us enough to bring us out of that, to liberate us, and to transform our lives so that we would be like him. So Jesus said, you should write this down. This is Luke 9, 56. Jesus, the Son of Man, did not come to destroy men's lives. Therefore, any prophecy that is destructive is not of God. I can't make that any clearer. But I'll say it again, any prophecy that is destructive, pronouncing judgment on a country or people, whatever, is not of God. Jesus did not come to destroy men's lives. Jesus came to save them. Many prophecies, even in our own country, this last week there was a Supreme Court decision that affected abortion and so forth. And so then you have people, people give a prophecy and what are the, what were they doing? They're just reacting to the news. They're reacting to the news. They're not a voice. They're they're an echo. Oh, the news said that. So therefore, I think the Lord is saying this. They do well to be quiet. They do well to read their Bibles. In all kinds of groups, fundamental groups and so forth, people are saying things, folks, it'd be well to read their Bibles. Jesus did not come to destroy men's lives. That has not changed in the last 2,000 years. Jesus came to save people's lives. And then he just went to another village. Didn't curse the Samaritans. Didn't pronounce something bad. People sometimes, they don't receive the man of God. There's going to be judgment on them. I doubt it. I've been in those services before. I've seen those people do that stuff. Nah. And people get prayed and so forth. People come up and give offerings out of fear. You know, if you want to be blessed, you better give this offering. Wrong. Wrong. Y'all okay out there? You can text me online too if you want, that's fine. Look at the guy, Luke 8. Let's go to Luke 8 a second. So our Christian attitudes are very important. How do we how do we face people? How do we talk with people? The Gadarene, of course, this is a guy again, this is this is a guy in his high school man annual was voted most likely not to succeed, you know. He 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 so this is uh John, let's go Luke 8. Yeah, Luke 8. So he goes to another land, he meets meets a certain man, he had devils a long time. Now let me just say something. You don't want to entertain devilish things. You don't want to think well, it's not a big deal. Well, I got away with it before. No, no, no. The devil will always take you farther than you want to go. This guy overnight didn't decide, hey, I'm not going to wear any clothes. You know, I wore clothes yesterday. I don't think I wore any clothes anymore. No, no. It's a progressive behavior. And so because he had devils a long time, pretty soon, you know, he's cutting himself with stones, which people do today. They cut themselves, of course, not a new thing. Cut themselves a stone. They tried to chain him up and so forth. Put him in the tombs and so forth. Didn't live in a house. Lived in the cemetery. So the, the, the devil will do things that you would think, boy, no hope for that person. And of course there always is, isn't there? I love the Bible stories because Jesus took these far out events and brought them to reality to say, this is what I can do. You know, someone says, well, I've been married twice. Well, that, this lady's married five times. There's hope for you. <laughs> you know? See, well, he's got a drug and alcohol problem. Is this really lost. Is he still wearing clothes? There's hope for him. There's hope for him. He's not living at home. He's in the cemetery? No, there's hope for him. You know? He takes a far-out story with all these extremes and then says, watch what I'll do. Watch what I'll do. There's hope. I can bring liberation. I can bring transformation. And that's what he did for this guy here. So, so when the town, you know the story, casts out the demons, the demons goes in the pigs, the pigs drown and so forth. And the townspeople come out and they see what was done. And they came to Jesus and they found the man, the demonized man, out of whom all these devils left. Notice he's sitting at the feet of Jesus. said, let me just say something. Calmness is of God. You know, I've, I've been at a place, you know, I'm kind of, always got to do something, you know, in athletics, you know, you're always nervous and you're doing ready to go and so forth. I understand that. But you ought to be able to sit in a chair and just be calm. Don't have to have your foot twitching. Don't have to be thinking, well, what am I going to do next? Just calm. Peace. Now the guy who before was driven is now sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to Jesus. And he's in his, he's clothed, hallelujah, got some clothes. That's a good sign, amen? And he's in his right mind. And now all these people up here, they're afraid. Wow, what just happened, you know? They're afraid about what happened. They didn't understand it all. And so the guy, the guy, Jesus tells the guy, I want you to go back to your town. I want you to go back and tell them the things that I've done for you. And that's what the guy does. See, at first he said, I want to follow you. And Jesus said, Ah, you're ready. You just go back and tell them. Tell them what's your story. Turn to your neighbor and say, You have a story. Everybody has a story. Tell them your story. Tell them what Jesus has done. It doesn't make you perfect. That's the whole thing about it. I need a Savior. And He's so good and He loves me so much. Tell him your story. He goes and tells him a story. And when Jesus came back, when Jesus returned to that place, the people received Jesus. They were all waiting for him because of the testimony of the liberated man. Amen? Let's go down to Ephesians 2, verse 10. Ephesians 2, verse 10 in the Bible. And it just says that we are his workmanship. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good things. Isn't this, And God planned this, ordained this. Now, it's not automatic. It's not automatic, the fact that he pl- ordained it, planned it, whatever. It, it means, though, that if we walk in this, we can be blessed. Blessed. He wants your life blessed. He wants your life at peace. He wants your life in a relationship with him. Let me just, right now, just, I, I want to speak to somebody right now. You're, you've got tormenting thoughts, tormenting thoughts in your head. And I want to speak calm to that in the name of Jesus. You do not have to have those tormenting thoughts. Thoughts about your life, but thoughts also that aren't good, destructive. You don't have to have those anymore. And just say, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to receive that. Amen. Not going to receive that. Why? Because he gives us a sound mind. We are his workmanship. We can be free. We can be at peace. Just say right now, I receive your peace, Lord. Just say it, I receive your peace, Lord. I receive your peace, Lord. Wow. <laughs> that is so good. <laughs> that is so good. So we're his workmanship. And of course, write down in your notes, He doesn't make junk. God doesn't make any junky things. Everything he does is good. So so amen. Now, Jesus, you can imagine Jesus as a carpenter. I bet he made some pretty good stuff, right? Now, think of him working on our lives. Makes some pretty good stuff. Amen? And then let's close with this. Philippians 1.6. Philippians 1.6 says we can be confident. Because if we know the love of God and we know how much he cares for us, we can be confident that he that's begun a good work in us will perform it. In other words, he'll continue to do it. So I've been saved a while now, some decades. But I look at my life and I still think, thank you, Lord, you're not through with me. That I'm I'm still growing. You don't stop. You're still growing. He still wants to work in us. But we can be confident because he's good. He's never going to do something bad to you. That's why in Hebrews it says we come before the throne of grace. It's not a throne of judgment there. In Hebrews it's a throne of grace. So we find grace To help in time of need. so it makes me confident that, man, I'm going to keep running to you all the time, every day. And I'm going to keep growing. Because you will continue to perform it. What's he going to perform? He's going to perform his word, his work of the Holy Spirit in me. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's not not finished with you. But tell them again, he's doing a good work. So I want you to lift your hands a second. Father, thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for touching our hearts and minds even today. Lord, that we would think right. That, Lord, we would experience your love and your grace in abundant ways, Father. Lord, thank you for blessing every person here today. That you have great plans for their lives. Even every person watching, you have great plans for their lives. And we pray, Father, that they would step into it, take another step forward today in the name of Jesus. Thank you. We are your workmanship, and you do good work. So I thank you for blessing every person here and every person watching and listening right now. Thank you for blessing their lives and their home in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Oh, wasn't that awesome? Amen. Amen.
1: His love endures forever. Amen. I want to do a quick assignment here. When you talked about the guy with no clothes. Yeah. So I think we all know someone who's really what could be called wretched. <laughs> that would look without God's love, hopeless. But I'd like you to get your phones out if you have a phone.
0: Yeah, get your, get your phone right now. You all got a phone. Everybody's got a phone here, right?
1: You have permission right now to yeah. get your phones out.
0: <laughs> yeah. What are you seeing? Well, I see that there's people that you know that you can text. There you go. And you can text them to just say, you know, hey, right now I'm thinking about you, Mm -hmm. and I want you to know Jesus loves you so much.
1: There you go. And he's got a
0: great plan for your life.
1: So simple. Somebody
0: that might might be struggling or whatever, but you can text them right now. Mm -hmm. Use your phone. Use it as a tool. Might be somebody Mm -hmm. in the United States. Might be somebody someplace else. You're watching Mm -hmm. online. You can do this right where you're at in your country. You can text somebody right now or if they need healing, you can pray. You can say, hey, right now I'm thinking of you, but I just speak healing into your body in the name of Jesus for you to be healed and whole. The Bible says he sent his word and healed them. You're sending a word to people. You're not the healer, but Jesus is. And so even as a contact of faith, something good can happen. Did you do that? Did you find somebody in your list? Find somebody might be four or five. Sometimes I just go. sit, I just sit in, in a chair and just boom, ah, mm-hmm. boom, and, and off goes things all over, the, right. all over the world.
1: Well, and people many times they'll say, "You have no idea what that meant to me." Right. Yep. So, love never fails. Love
0: never fails.
1: Sending a text, say I love you. Yep. And we don't have to change people. How many are glad about that? Yep. yep. <laughs> we don't have to Amen. change them. That there, people are accepted because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit Amen. does what needs to be done. That's right. We're grateful for the years that he has worked in our lives. And for his word. His word is never going to come back empty. Amen. But it's accomplishing what it's sent out to do. It's prospering in the people you're sending it to right now. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing on these texts. Amen. Thank you, yeah, Lord, going for stuff. A full return yep. and that people are going to, going to be lifted up out of a pit of despair and encouraged. And even Amen. someone who's maybe been suicidal, but a text yep. can revive them. That's right. Refresh them. That's bring right. protection. Thank you now, Lord, for your blessing on yes. the congregation. The Lord bless you and keep you. Mm-hmm. The Lord be gracious unto you. That's right. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. And may your countenance be lifted up today. Amen. And may God himself, who is our peace, fill you with his peace that passes human understanding. We all pray this together in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Our God is an awesome God. He raises from heaven above.
0: Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605- 692-4616